Today, True New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Hey, Darren. Hey, John. How you doing? Doing all right, doing all right. Uh, so we're, we're doing this for another season, apparently. <laughs> wow, the, the enthusiasm with which you said that is yeah, yeah, this pal- is... palpable. This is this is what what we do now. This is we we just realized we're we're starting our fourth season of doing our SNL recaps on this. Yeah, it, it always feels weird at the beginning of the season where we're kind of like getting back into the groove of covering the show. It does, yeah, because like I'm all I mean we're always used to being like, oh, what the TV show slash movie slash documentary are we going to talk about uh, today? And yeah. like today is like, oh no, we're talking about the actual show. I've, I, I got to get back in the rhythm of this. Yeah, yeah, we kind of get into the groove of just doing the the movies and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's always a little weird when we go back to the routine of covering the show. It's like, oh yeah, this is like the primary reason this podcast exists. Right. This is this is our bread and butter. This is the main reason we do this. Right. Right. And uh, a whole bunch of SNL news dropped. Uh, Right after we did our our little special supplement thing, uh, speculating on who might be staying, who might be going, and uh, some unexpected news happened. Yeah, dude. I mean, basically all the news that we were waiting all summer for, we we got within days of the premiere. So like June, yeah. no June, no news. July, no news. August, no news. Four days before the premiere, all of the news. <laughs> I mean that's that seems to be the way that SNL always does it though. They they play the cards very close to the vest and the, and we don't find out what's happening with the upcoming season until right before the season starts. And that's how it happened this week where they announced on like Monday and Tuesday all the stuff that was going on. Um probably the most unexpected thing, Beck Bennett announced he was uh leaving the show. That actually surprised me. I did not see that coming. No, I he was not he was not one of the people that people were commonly speculating would leave. People were talking about Kate and Eighty, Cecily Strong, uh, you know, maybe Keenan, Pete, uh, Pete. Uh, there was all speculation among those five in particular, and then yeah, suddenly it's just uh, Beck is like, yeah, I'm I'm leaving. So yeah, I mean it. Uh, I mean, it, it really came as a, as a surprise to me just because Beck, I mean, when he first started off, I thought he was okay. But as the years went on, like he became a better and stronger performer. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, you know, towards the end of his tenure, I would, you know, he, he was probably one of the strongest performers on the cast. And as far as screen time, he got a ton of screen time. He was in. Uh, apparently he got the most screen time of anybody last season. So that, that shows you what yeah. a a good utility player he was and yeah he was somebody who really grew on me through the years too uh like some of his characters i really liked like i mean his turtley mitch mcconnell it was just brilliant um mm. i i loved his vladimir putin when he'd always just show up as you know shirtless <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> um you know just uh, that that just spoke to me on many levels um Bruh. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All uh, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, he, he, he did a lot of stuff. He, he, he did a nice job of playing like a lot of boobs and idiots. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like dads and bosses and goofy, mm-hmm. you know, entitled, uh, white dudes. L- lots of clueless did- dudes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, D- dimwitted dads. 
guys who like crap in the planters in their office or yes or, yeah he he did a thing uh, i forget what website this was on but he he went through like his five favorite things that he did on the show and one of them was one of my favorites of his it was a sketch from last year which is uh where he's he's the boyfriend and he's uh trying to get his his girlfriend ego to take him back and over the oh. of this he you know we learned that he's like got this huge drug problem he's done gay porn he's <laughs> he's yeah, got like an ankle tracker on it yeah i think that i think that was in the dave Chappelle episode that was a strong uh pre-tape i really mm-hmm. like that yeah one a lot. that that was really good i totally uh, I agree with that so uh yeah i mean he wasn't one of my favorites but i'm i'm gonna miss him from the show yeah yeah uh he was on the show eight years which is a, a good long run mm-hmm. uh you know 2013 to now and uh, yeah, I, I he was I I think I will miss him, but I mean at the same time that <laughs> I might think I will miss him. <laughs> no, no, I, <laughs> I guess I'll miss. No, I, I will, I will, I will miss him. I think I think he's a, he was a strong performer. He carved himself a little niche of being like we said the, the dopey dimwit guy, and yeah. um, he, he just became a better, stronger performer throughout the years. And I will miss him, but I also I think at the same time it might be. It, it might have been a good that he left now rather than sort of overstate his welcome type of thing. Yeah, like, that's that's always good. It's also weird, I think, that he he leaves and Kyle Mooney stays because I always thought of those two as kind of a double act. They they would partner up a lot and they went back uh, years. I mean, they did a lot of sketch stuff before they they came to SNL together. So it's yeah, like, kind of surprising that one leaves and the other stays. Yeah, that is weird. I did notice that how like the two of them kind of, you know, they they joined the show at the same time and they were buddies and they came in together and now one of them leaves and one of them stays. So what happens to Kyle now? Like it mm. seems like he'll be maybe partnered up with Dismukes. Yeah, I, they seem to be like a, a bit more of a pairing now, and I think that that's a good match. Yeah, I agree with that. I could see that happening. It's uh, it's good. It's good. Um, but yeah. Uh, either way, we here at SNL Nerds, we salute you, Beck Bennett. Salute. Yes. Salute. And yeah, we wish you the best, and we look forward to you know keeping an eye on you and your future projects. Right. And uh, we also learned that uh, Lauren Holt is has left the uh, show as well. Uh, just one season, and yeah, she's, she's out of here. She's out. I mean, I'm assuming that she was let go. I guess she just didn't make a big enough impression in her in her freshman season. Uh, you know, we, that's always too bad when somebody has a brief tenure on the show and they don't really get to make their mark, you know? Yeah. I mean, it seemed, I mean, even when she came in, like people were kind of, maybe she started a little bit behind the eight ball because people were, were like, oh, she looks like 80. She's like the 80 replacement. Mm-hmm. And um, she never really got the chance to really show her chops or to show really why she was hired. I mean, there were a few sketches where she was literally in there with no lines. She was just a body in a sketch. Yeah, I. she unfortunately, she didn't really have a, a big breakout moment in the season, which I think, you know, that, that has to hurt you. Uh, Andrew Dismukes got it late in the year with uh, his weekend update segment. But thinking back, I would be hard-pressed to think of any big Lauren Holt moments uh, in I'm- the last year, you know? Yeah, I mean, the biggest moment she kind of had was that weekend update segment mm-hmm. where uh, she had she was like a, maybe like a social media influencer talking about Valentine's Day. And then she learned via text that her boyfriend broke up with her during the segment. That Yeah. That was, I guess, her one shot at being sort of known, but it didn't really pop 
like she yeah. she needed it to. Yeah, and uh, you know that's just that's just too bad. I mean, we just didn't get too much of a feel for her on the show, uh, you know. And hopefully, that's she'll go on to bigger and better things. Uh, but yeah, Punky Johnson and Andrew Dismukes both sticking around. They're still uh, both featured players for this year, and the show added uh, three new featured players as well. Uh, yeah, so let's go through them. That's another thing we learned mm-hmm. uh, just mere days before this premiere. We got three new cast members. Um, mm-hmm. I, I looked them up a little bit. So one, we the first one we have is um, a man with an amazing name, Aristotle Atari. That's which, that's a great name. He sounds like he should be like a billionaire or like a villain in a James Bond movie. James Bond, a Marvel comic book, something like that. I could see yeah. that. Yeah, Aristotle Atari. It's you again. Yeah. That's just that's just a fun name to say. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, let's see. He had a uh, Comedy Central special in 2018. He's been in five episodes of Silicon Valley, and he is in the uh, sketch comedy group Goatface. Yes, with uh, Hassan Minaj too. He, uh, Hassan Minaj was also in that uh, sketch comedy group. They even had a special on Comedy Central back in 2018, and he's the first uh, Muslim American cast member. That's cool. Um, we we only just kind of saw him in fleeting glimpses last night. It was kind of the usual thing where the new guy he plays some waiters and you know right. some some bit parts. So we didn't get to you know we didn't get much of a sense of what he can do quite yet. Yeah, but but, uh, but I, I think I, the other two uh, new featured players were were better served in the premiere last night. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, one, one person, um, another person that, that's a new cast member, uh, Sarah Sherman, AKA Sarah Squirm. Uh, she's a, like a comedian and a visual artist, performance artist type of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a traveling show called the hell trap nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, she She's wrote on all- Eric Andre and open for him on tour. Yeah. So like all, all the people I saw online, they were all kind of saying the same thing. Like her, Type of humor is very, very ten to one. It's very mm-hmm. oddball, sort of avant-garde, kind of weirdo, Adult Swim, Eric Andre type of humor. Like, yeah, like I've heard, I, I've heard people say, like, oh, if you think Kyle Mooney is weird, wait till you see Sarah Sherman. Yeah, the the one thing I I watched of hers, uh, which was it got a little bit of uh, traction on Twitter, was a uh, an old video she did where she did like a. SNL audition. It was like a mock SNL audition where she's doing all these impressions, but the joke is that none of them are good impressions. And then she just like is frantically puking. Um, and, and the camera is like staying on her while she's puking. Um, it, it was a funny thing. And it's just like, it so did not seem to be like SNL's type of humor. So she's a real surprising choice. I think. Yeah. She's into, I think they called it body horror humor. Mm-hmm. Or body horror comedy, which I mean, I that could go either one of two ways. Either like she'll like change for the machine that is SNL, and like they'll tone her down a bit, or maybe SNL will be like, "All right, let's go with this sort of Gonzo type of comedy and see what happens, and give her a shot yeah. to really do what she does." Like, I, yeah, because I, I can't imagine most of Middle of America will be ready for her because. It's going to either know. be like a whole new color in SNL's palette or a beautiful disaster. And mm. I don't feel like there's there's much middle ground. Um, but I, I feel like she made a strong start last night. We'll get into that when we get into the sketches of the show, of course. Yeah. And uh, the third cast member who 
Shock, I mean, we'll get into it, but shockingly had a good amount of screen time on this episode. Mr. Lot James. to do. Right? Lot it, to do, yeah. A lot. I was Part of me was like, who is this guy's agent or, or father? Like, yeah. why is he getting all the screen time? Uh, uh, James, James yeah. Austin Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, hails from Nashville. He's been in a lot of things. Uh, Hail Caesar, Better Call Saul. Um, he, he performed in the Los Angeles comedy show Rod Stewart Live, and apparently he's also a big impressionist. Uh, we saw his Joe Biden and uh, Larry the Cable Guy impressions in the show last night, and he also has a uh, Donald Trump impression. Right, but on this podcast, we only recognize the J.L. Call Van. Trump impression. That's, That's true. So we are big uh, J.L. Colvin stands uh, right. when it comes to uh, Donald Trump impressions, and just you know J.L. stands in general. So absolutely, this is the J.L. Colvin home. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll we can touch on it now. But yeah, he had. I mean, have you ever like? All right, all right I have me... never seen a brand new cast member have that much to do on their very first episode, especially not on a season premiere. I mean, dude, that was really th- exceptional, and and it was nice because you immediately get a sense of that person and what they can do, and that was really nice. I wish SNL would approach it like that more often. Just you know, dive right in, dude. They gave him the cold open. I know he comes out yeah. and yeah, and, and my first note was like, "Hey, new guy playing Biden." Like um, my new, I mean, the first thing I saw when I saw him was like, "Oh, is that who is that? Is that that Daryl Hammond?" It's all Darryl- it always throws you a little bit when there's a brand new person on the show and you don't recognize them instantly because it always takes you a little bit to get used to the new people and you can't necessarily like pick them out on site. Um, so but yeah, yeah, like what? Yeah, like once I saw him, I was like, "Wait, that's not Daryl Hammond. Who is that? Is that that new guy that uh?" Uh, J. Jonah Jameson, whatever his name is. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> like, wait, is that Kyle in makeup? What is that? That's definitely not Alex Moffat, who who they kind of settled on playing Biden uh, late in the year. Uh, yeah, because and they like, had the stunt casting last year with uh, Jim Carrey. Oof. Uh, so the, the show really needs needed a new steady Biden. And I thought Alex Moffat was doing a decent job of it, and I was looking forward to seeing him develop in the role. Um, but I guess the show decided... We need we need somebody new to do this, you know. I guess so, but yeah, like I, like even when I found out, like I looked on Twitter and I saw that, oh no, it's the new guy. My 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 brain couldn't compute it just because that <laughs> never. It's like no, that's not him. That's got just that he's right, that, right at the top of the show. He's, that yeah, that never happens. You don't give the cold open to a rookie. Mm-hmm. What? It's, it was. I mean, but still, you're, you're like, supposed to be playing waiters and and hotel concierges and <laughs> yes, that's your lane. But um, but, <laughs> but either no, way, this, I mean, this was cool. It's it's nice to get like our. It felt like a full fledged introduction to a new person, which I thought was really cool. Um, his Biden, I thought, was kind of similar to Dana Carvey's Biden. Uh, mm. Carvey's done Joe Biden on a few late night talk shows, and I. And I thought it was like real similar vibes to Carvey's take on him. Uh, But yeah, it's a strong Biden impression. Um, I feel like the point of view isn't necessarily as developed as it could be, but I think that'll come with time. Yeah, it it seems like people are having a really hard time sort of nailing down the Biden impression. He's a tough guy to get a fix on, you know? Um, He doesn't have like real distinctive rhythms and personality wise. I don't feel like we as a nation have settled on like, okay, this is what 
Biden is and what he's about. I mean, you know, the right always tries to play the, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's senile. He's not all there. But I don't think that really gets any traction because, well, it's not really true. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to get a bead on him. Like, I I don't think anybody, no one's really been able to truly crack the code just yet. I mean, our last president, everybody did just because he was such a cartoon character. <laughs> but this I mean, there was, was almost more... too much to hook onto there. Um, yeah. No offense, you know, Jay. Biden, it's like half cool uncle vibe, half, you know, like, oh, he's he's old, but he means well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, three new cast members. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. And so we learned all that on, like, Monday. And yes. then t- Tuesday, we found out that they hired not one, not two, but ten new writers. It's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of writers. Mm-hmm. Um, I could run down them real quick. Um, if you have the list, go for it. Yeah, I don't. Have I do. Handy. Uh, they had they hired Mike Desenzo, who's a writer on Fallon and wrote on the Emmys. Uh, Billy Domino, who wrote on Family Guy. Again, uh, love the name. Yeah, Billy Domino. Oh, Billy Domino. I uh, yeah, that's just fun to say. Oh, Domino. Uh, ben Silva wrote on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Jake Nordwind wrote... Um, Another I didn't cool find much name? on... Yeah, Nordwind, right? Yeah. I didn't find I didn't find much on him. He wrote on some Quibi show called Your Daily Horoscope. Uh, Tisha Kondrat wrote on Archer and Robot Chicken. Uh, Vanessa Jackson, A Little Late with Liddy Singh, she wrote on. Uh, Alex English, who's a guy I kind of know... He's like mm-hmm. a, he's like a New York comic. I, I'm pretty sure we've had a show or two together, and I think I saw him on one of John Minus's Montclair shows. Oh, that's cool. I, I yeah, I saw you had like I think a bit of a Twitter exchange with him. So that that's very cool. Congratulations to Alex. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I've we, we kind of sort of know each other, or we definitely know people that know each other. I'm basically I'm trying big to, acquaintances working on SNL. I'm basically trying to tell you people that I'm famous. All right, right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's a New York comic, really funny guy, and he he was also in an episode of That Damn Michael Che. He wrote on the Rundown with Robin Feed and National Lampoon Radio Hour. Um, but the one, what's the one? Yeah, the one I kind of find most interesting is they hired a three man sketch comedy group called Please Don't Destroy, mm-hmm. uh, consisting of Ben Marshall, John Higgins, and Martin Herlihy. And if those last two names sound familiar. Well, they should, because Martin is the son of Tim Hurley, and John is the son of Steve Higgins. Second generation writers. That's that's funky. We've had second generation cast members before with uh, Abby Elliott, but uh, this, as far as I know, is the first uh, second generation writers that we've had on the show. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, I don't know. I'd I'd have to do my research and see uh, if anybody else has pulled off that hat trick, but uh, not to my knowledge, you know. Who knows? Maybe when John Mulaney's kid grows up, he'll he'll be able to fill that void. As that you void. do, as you do. Uh, so we, yeah. Oh, by the way, congratulations, ride. John Mulaney, who's, yes. who's having a uh, a new child with Olivia Mon. I don't think we've mentioned that on the show before. So, oh yeah, we haven't. Yeah, Mazel yeah, that, That's news that broke over the summer, and the oh. internet freaked out about it. Yeah, because I think because sort of John Mulaney sort of presents himself as one thing, and people sort of saw what was happening to him and they, I don't know, maybe it's like 
people kind of felt betrayed or something, but I don't know. People get into weird social media relationships was, with I people mean, they don't just, know. Why are you so invested in a total stranger's marriage that, you know, when you don't know what was going on in it? Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah. guys, just take care of your own house. Take care of your own world and your own exactly. life. Exactly. Your own relationships. Yeah. So... Stop worrying um, about. But yeah, but definitely uh, check out John Mulaney's last appearance on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. That's that's something else, and he talks very openly and frankly about all that he went through in the last year. And you know, he had a year. Oof! Oh, did he now? Oh, he did. I mean, that, that he had more going on in a year than most people have going on in a decade. He, he did more before six a.m. than most people do. How does that whole army? <laughs> yeah, the, the old army slogan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got 10 new writers, and we got a new director, too, because uh, Don Roy King has retired. Yeah, and, and amazingly, uh, the new director that they have, uh, let's see, I don't, think, I don't have her name handy. Uh, Liz Patrick. Thank you. Uh, she's only the fifth director they've had in the show's history, which, that's amazing. Wow. Really? Yeah. Is it like... Uh, like getting called into Congress? It's like one of those seats that you just have for the rest of your life? When it's a lifetime to... appointment, yes. <laughs> wow. It's like the Supreme Court, you know, until you decide to retire or... Damn. Uh, but yeah, uh, Liz Patrick, she... I mean, the last thing she did was a director on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And she's directed a lot of stuff for MTV, too. A TRL, Real World, Wild and Out. So, um, yeah, now she's the new director of SNL. That's... Yeah. Wow. Something else. So, Congratulations. Yes, and we learned all this days before the premiere. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, and also, of course, um, uh, Bone Yang and Chloe Feynman are now repertory players. Yeah, yeah, because they've been on the show for uh, two seasons now, and the way it usually works is, yeah, they, they get bumped up to the regular main cast. Right. I mean, that wasn't really a surprise. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, that's, that was going to happen. But still, I mean, it's, it's cool to see. They've both been killing it, so yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, still, I'm, congratulations to uh, Bowen and Chloe, who uh, I would assume got a p nice pay bump. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, if Bowen wasn't going to be repertory after that, the iceberg thing, I, nothing will get, get your repertory. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, well, let's dive into the season forty-seven premiere. Uh, this is uh, Owen Wilson hosting, Casey Musgraves musical guesting. Uh, this is the show from October second, twenty twenty-one. Uh, yeah, first, uh, first episode of the season, cold open, um, we've talked about before, we have, it's Joe Biden giving a, a press conference trying to mm -hmm. unite the Democrats, the, you know, the staunch sort of, uh, uh, not normal, but like the, uh, the old guard of Democrats versus these new progressives and coming yeah. right out of the gate, our new dude, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, who like, it's, I still Walton can't believe Johnson. Yes, I know. Uh, Jimmy Johns. Yeah. He, he comes out as Biden, and he has a decent Biden. I still can't believe they let a new dude, you know, anchor this thing. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, SNL, they, they really like doing the political cold, cold opens. And so, because, you know, they, they always want to comment on what's happening in the country this week. So, uh, but yeah, it shows a lot of trust in a brand new uh, featured player to... Uh, have him play the president. Uh, that's some job security there, I think. Absolutely. And uh, so we have uh, 
you know, he gives up, he, you know, says it's Joe Biden, that's a decent Joe Biden, and he brings out the two sides of the Democrats he's trying to unite. We have uh, Cecily playing uh, Kirsten Cinema, uh, AD mm-hmm. as Joe Manchin. Um, right, from he, West Virginia. Ego, yeah. Right. Ego as Ilan Omar, and uh, Melissa Villasenor as AOC. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. There were some good lines in this. I liked uh, Biden saying like he's going to bring the Democrats together like Voltron. And he, he says, uh, I'm like an oil change. You don't think about me unless you absolutely have to. It's mm. <laughs> a good line. Uh, uh, you know, and it, yeah, th- th- this is just basically commenting on how people like uh, Kristen Cinema are acting as spoilers because like the Democrats, they have control of both houses, but they don't have enough of a majority that they can just push through anything they want they still have to all be united and so if you know one or two go off the reservation it's it's kind of a big crisis oh so yeah yeah as usual yeah they can't get anything done Uh, Um, future's so bright i gotta wear shades yeah exactly it's just like uh, get it together democrats seriously um we also surprisingly we had Pete Davidson making an appearance as Andrew Cuomo, uh, Cuomo really kind of randomly. This really just felt like uh, the Cuomo thing happened over the summer and we want to make some jokes about that. So he's in here for no real reason. Yeah, they just had to sort of, you know, sort of wedge that in there. Yeah, uh, I, I did like well, that. You know, he's a governor. He's not even in Congress. So what what does yeah. he have to do with this thing that's about Congress? Yeah, I did like how they well, he, yeah, he's in politics. That's good enough. I, did, I also liked how, how he introduced himself as a I'm governor-ish Andrew Cuomo. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that was cute. I mean, the, the Cuomo jokes were were decent. And um, I yeah. also, I also, I mean, I also liked how uh, Ego introduced herself saying, hello, I'm Ilan Omar. I was designed in a lab to give Tucker Carlson a heart attack. Which, you know, hey, I'm all in favor of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had uh, Alex Moffat uh, showed up as Chuck Schumer. I like his Chuck Schumer. Uh, he's he's got a nice take on Schumer. So it's nice to see that uh, Alex Moffat has a fallback position after uh, being Biden for a little bit. Yeah, I will admit his Schumer is stronger than his Biden. I like the line saying, hi, I'm Chuck, I'm Chuck Schumer. You may, you may remember me, but you don't. Yeah, uh, I, I always just kind of wonder when something like this happens, when somebody's like replaced, usually as the president, because that's such a high profile thing. Um, what does it feel like? You have to perform next to the person who's replacing you as the impression. Is that awkward or do you just roll with it? I, I don't know. I wonder. I'd, I'd love to hear Alex Moffat talk about that, but I'm sure he probably never will. Yeah, I it is a weird type of feeling to have to, to have that to. to... To have perform next to the dude that sort of I don't want to say took his job because he yeah yeah because it's like you know Alex Moffat he still has a job he's still there he just doesn't he just just not playing the president anymore and you know hey maybe who knows maybe Alex went to Lauren and was like hey I don't I don't feel comfortable with this I'd I'd rather not probably not but uh, you know it's possible yeah I mean it could be that Alex knew that his Biden wasn't that strong and he wouldn't he hadn't cracked it like you know so many people have and so he was like. Hey, if the new kid's got a take on it that I can't do, you know, let him have at it. Yep. Well, uh, you know, that's that's why Lauren makes the big bucks because he makes those tough calls. Mm-hmm. Big old, big old buku bucks. So, um, this was decent. Uh, maybe a little longer than it needed to be, but 
you know, SNL, yeah. they, they love the long political cold opens and they love cramming every single thing in there, whether or not it belongs in the sketch, you know? Yeah. They love it long and they love to cram. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, I mean, but yeah. I like this as an opening. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. This was, I thought it was okay. It was, uh, you know, it wasn't too crazy. They kind of played it safe. Uh, nothing too. I mean, the like the one thing that kind of, you know, gave it like a little jolt of energy was, you know, uh, uh, J- James Austin Johnson playing Biden. I was like, oh, new guy. All right. I mean, uh, I really liked Cecily as Kristen Cinema. Uh, uh, you know, again, it's right in her wheelhouse of playing the you know kind of crazy white women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she has a lane. Yeah, yeah, and you know she obviously gets a kick out of that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it was it was decent. Um, you know, eighties uh, Joe Manchin, not too different from her Ted Cruz, honestly. It's really all this. Like, I I kind of missed the first few minutes of it, so like mm-hmm. I missed her introduction. So for a while, I was like, oh, is this her Ted Cruz again? Yeah. Why well, no? It's the the haircut's different, so I think it's a different and, guy and no beard. Uh, yeah, I think exactly. Ted Cruz still has the beard, so. Unfortunately, yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah, overall, I thought the the uh, cold open was like okay. It's nothing, nothing to write home about. Yeah, and uh, we they've they've revamped the opening credits a little bit. It's not really a fully new opening, but they've it's new ish. They put in like some added color to the footage, and there are a few new shots here and there. Uh, yeah, it's basically sort of the same as the old, but yeah, like you said, it's all in color now, and you know, yeah, it pops. I, I dig it. It pops. It's. I think I maybe liked it a little better when it was in black and white, just because it looked a little more arty. But I noticed a few new shots in there, like like when Keenan is going into the studio, um, like the old shot had him like lowering his mask and kind of winking, and now he's he, no mask and he's just kind of like. So it's probably just you know footage that they shot last year and they just decided to do it. Um, you know the color. It, it seemed to be a little symbolic of like maybe the city slowly coming back to life. Mm. You know, Ooh, I, didn't even, I didn't even think of that. That was that was the feeling I got. Oh, you know, it, it felt right. like okay, you know, COVID is still happening, so we still got to stick with the masks. You know, maybe we don't want to send out the message that you shouldn't be wearing masks anymore. Uh, but they didn't want to commit to a whole new opening like without masks. You know, that's <laughs> like that's kind of what it felt like. But they still wanted to give it a a, a little oomph for the new season. Yeah, it's like we don't want to have to do reshoots for this whole thing. Let's just yeah. <laughs> pour, well, they have had a lot of new beginnings in the last few years, you know. Yeah, that is true. That is you true. know, I mean, partly just out of necessity because of <laughs> SNL at home and COVID. Yeah, that's that's a, that's that's very true. Uh, so yeah, now we got our monologue. We got Mr. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson coming out on stage, confident, wearing a nice, uh, sweet velvet jacket. Yeah, yeah, you know he's. Um, Wow. This was something where, like, the impact of them having a live, a, a full audience again uh, really hit me because, he, like, you could really hear the audience coming out and, you know, they were real happy to be there, obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Owen looked happy to be there. His brother's in the audience. I wrote down Luke and the other guy, the other Andrew. brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I forgot. I, apologies, Andrew. Uh, Wilson, I, you know, lifelong listener of this podcast. But yeah, I, I just blanked on his name. Yeah, uh, he, uh, you know, I, I liked the Owen Wilson monologue. He has he has this nice laid back 
chill kind of vibe, which was just, it was very nice. It was just kind of easing us into the show, easing us into the new season. Um, I liked how he, he was, he, he said like, you know, when Daniel Day-Lewis uh, retired, all that pressure landed on my shoulders. Yeah. That's right. Um, That's why I knew I had to do Cars 3. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and he, he mentioned a review that, uh, said that his on-screen persona was like a golden retriever laying next to a fire. And he was like, hey, is that, is that the worst thing in the world? <laughs> to be a golden retriever laying next to a fire? <laughs> and, yeah. I know everyone comes out saying we got a great show, but is it? <laughs> you know, maybe we don't. And is that hey. the worst thing in the world? I don't know. <laughs> it's all uh, right. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, you know. I, I dig his vibe. He's, uh, you know, I, li- I liked his, he just threw in at the end, uh, like the mention, like that he has a gambling problem. Yeah. Those, those little jabs he threw in. The, I, I, I did like, I did, you know, now that I'm talking, like when I first saw it, I thought it was okay. But like now talking about it more, I'm like, oh, maybe I liked it a little bit more than I thought. I mean, I thought it was a strong monologue in that it really fit his persona. Um, and I feel like, he was maybe a little underused in the show itself, but we'll we'll get into that. Mm, okay, yeah, let's um, get into that. Okay, so uh, next we have our our first sketch, which was uh, on YouTube under Women's Talk Show. This was a, a show called The Talking, which is right. kind of sort of like The View. What? I didn't get but, that. I didn't get know, that. That's right at all. They're talking. It's eleven thirty in the morning. Yeah, women be talking. Women be talking. <laughs> Am I right? Yes, yeah, so we had we had eighty uh, Cecily Ego and uh, who was the fourth? Was it? It was Melissa, right? Uh, Heidi, Heidi. Uh, excuse me. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the joke is there. Owen Wilson comes in as a doctor who who comes on. He's like, "Hey, I've got your COVID test results, and we have to we have to pull you off the show right now." And they're like, "Oh, do we have to do this on air?" And he's like, "Yeah, we have to do. We have to be on TV for HIPAA reasons. We either can't tell anybody, or we have to tell everybody." Yeah, um, I don't know. I thought the sketch was okay. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't really. I, don't know. I mean, I, I mean, guess it this, didn't really. This was like playing off of something that happened on the View in the last week or two. I think it was where they actually right. pulled off a couple of the hosts because they had false positives on COVID tests. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I watched this and I was like, "Oh God damn it! Am I gonna have to look up that clip for the View now to like fully get this?" <laughs> Are you gonna make me watch the View SNL? <laughs> really? For, sh- really? For, um, for shame on you! Uh, you know, it. I thought it was a, a little weird that they did it as like a fictionalized version of the View instead of just actually doing the View. I mean, but yeah, that was weird too. Like they didn't just well, just just do the View. Just 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 say you're Joy Behar, you're the whoever else, and just yeah. do that. But um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This sketch really, I thought it was okay, but it didn't really kind of go anywhere, really. And I thought it was okay. It moved fast enough, which I liked. Uh, it didn't yeah. belabor the point or didn't overstay its welcome, which I yeah. always like. Um, I, I don't I know did like strong enough to lead off the show with, but. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. Like, I thought it was funny that, like, uh, Cecily's character got pulled off because, not because she has COVID, she has, uh, she has HPV. Yeah, yeah, and then we we're just left with Ego by herself in the studio, and she's like, "Oh, okay." Um, yeah, again, they, they had you know some some cool lines, uh, you know, like 
when Owen's asking Edie, he's like, you know, okay, number of sexual partners. And she's like, well, one, of course. And he's like, oh, that's not what I have here. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. That was kind of funny. They never followed up on it. I like how yeah. Edie, uh, her thing was she was constantly mentioning how well-endowed her husband is. I was like, right. Okay. There was like there was like a few things here and there that I was like, all right, that could be something, that could be something, but it then it didn't really know, it didn't really take I, off like I, I think to. yeah, this seemed more like a middle of the show sketch to me. But uh yeah, it it was good, uh, decent enough. So uh next we had uh Billionaire Star Trek, which is a, a pre-tape of a, a trailer, uh, a Paramount Plus trailer of the new Star Trek show, Star Trek Ego Quest which uh, features Owen Wilson as Jeff Bezos and he's running into other billionaires in space who are just going on trips into space, apparently as ego trips for themselves. Right. So um, uh, Owen Wilson is Jeff Bezos. He's like the, the captain of the ship. His second in command uh, is probably, but yeah, we have Luke Wilson in a role and he doesn't have any lines in this thing, but he's there. Yeah. Uh, just a cameo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look well to the line, SNL. Yeah, he's he's an actor. He he acts. He can do it. He can he could probably deliver a line well. I'm I'm just yeah. guessing. He's been in a movie or two. He knows some mm-hmm. stuff. You know, he's no uh, he's no James Austin uh, Johnson, but he's he he'll, he'll be all right. Yeah. Um, uh, we all we also had uh, Alex Moffat uh, popping up as Richard Branson, uh, and then towards the end, Mikey Day popping up as Elon Musk. Right. Um, who's like the evil billionaire who's like aiming photon torpedoes at them. Right. Uh, which he's like, he's like Khan. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess oh. so. I like a Khan, but on the spectrum. Uh, so, right. so like Khan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And of course, he also threw in a jab about how Bezos treats his Amazon employees, where they have Keenan, um, you know, beamed aboard. Delivering him a package, and of course Jeff Bezos just takes the package and, and sends him on his way, and, uh, and gives him says, a, hey. a Gatorade bottle to pee in. Right, exactly. So, which which supposedly is a thing that they've made Amazon employees do uh, because they make they folks working in their warehouse uh, just work like dogs. Apparently, yeah. It's every time I order something from Amazon, I'm like, oh, I feel, I feel. You feel that liberal guilt kicking a in. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. I'm like, oh, yeah. I should I should I should donate money to a, a cause or something. It's so nice to get it the next day. <laughs> it is, I know. But I was like, ah, oh, I should have oh I got I got I this ain't right. I should donate to <laughs> yeah. Red Cross or something. Yeah. I for hear wanting, you. for wanting to get this uh bag of coffee sent to my house or whatever. <laughs> Um, so next we have another live sketch, uh, Cars 4, uh, which is just Owen Wilson going into Pixar to do some, uh, recording for Cars 4. They just have like stray lines from the script for him. And so he's just sort of picking up the context as he goes and he learns that his character Lightning McQueen is now creeping on underage girls, underage girl cars. Girl cars, right. Uh, well, I mean, I also, I really like... In this scene, uh, it's 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 uh, Owen, and it's also uh, Mikey Day as as the guy running the show, saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. hey, Owen, what's up, man? Yo, Loki, you crushed it, bro. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's really good. Yeah, like yeah. like the regular Hollywood type. Uh, Punky Johnson's in, is in the sketch as like the person working the board, and um, I also liked how when uh, Owen, before Owen goes into the booth to do his uh, voiceover, 
he says, hey, I'm ready to do this, man. Ready to ready to do some voices for Cars 4. Ka-chow! He just says the catchphrase. And right. as he says the catchphrase, the audience goes nuts. <laughs> they go like, <laughs> yay! Catchphrase! Like they, like they genuinely have a reaction like J.J. Um, Walker did whenever somebody said dynamite. I I honestly I kind of figured out over the course of the sketch that Kachow was his catchphrase in the Cars movies because I've never watched any of the Cars movies. Oh yeah, um, I've seen I saw the first one. I thought it was all right, but apparently yeah. this movie is it has like a big following, like a like bigger than I thought. Like it's not like a you know Toy Story or Monsters Inc or Incredibles mm-hmm. big, but it's pretty sizable. A lot of people love Cars. Well, I know I know like uh, NASCAR's got a huge uh, following, so it doesn't surprise me that the Cars movies have following. But yeah, when when Owen Wilson went kachow, I thought he was just doing like a kaching, you know, big payday joke. All and right, then, but yeah. But the, but they do kachow a couple times in the sketch and I was like, "Oh, okay, it's his Cars character catchphrase." All right, well, I I learned something today. Right, but the fact that the audience goes bonkers when they hear Kachow, that still makes me laugh. Like, yeah. genuinely like, yay, he said the words I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Owen, you know, at, at first it's very typical lines, but then he gets lines like, I didn't touch your daughter, she was coming on to me. And yeah. then Owen's just like, wait, whoa, okay, stop. Well, what are we doing with this character in this movie? So, right. And like he's, Yeah, he's saying lines like, girl, man, your sister, your sister sure did. Right, right. And then they decide to bring in uh, Larry the Cable Guy, who, of course, plays, you know, the pickup truck uh, thing in, uh, or the tow truck in, in the right. movies. Mater. And, uh, uh, again, uh, we have uh, James Austin Johnson coming in second time to play Larry the Cable Guy. New guy, James Austin Johnson, has a significant role in a ca- in the cast. Uh, and, you know, I get a pretty good Larry the Cable Guy impression. Uh, here... Uh, Larry is, he's very dis- uh, surprised to discover that uh, Lightning McQueen is calling him the R word. Um, and the <laughs> people like try to play it off like, oh, no, 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 the R word is rusty. And and Owen Wilson says, no, well, I mean, I see the actual R word in the script here. <laughs> so, yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, just, all right. So if you're not comfortable with that, just keep going. And then towards the end of the script, um, it has Lightning McQueen hooking up with uh, Mater's sister. Right. And, of course, Mater's upset. And he says, why, why do you have to do that, man? Why her? And, of course, Lightning McQueen says, power. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, again, Owen expresses his doubts. And then they show him his contract. And he sees how much money he's making. And ka-chow! He yeah. instantly agrees to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one was this one's all right. This, was, this wasn't too bad. Cars movies are kind of taking a beating tonight. Kinda, yeah. Uh, I mean, just I mean, they just they just outwritten play <laughs> twice that Owen Wilson just does those movies for a cash grab, and I just I wonder how the Pixar people reacted to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure somebody at Disney is like, "Hey, did we clear this?" <laughs> yeah, I don't remember doing that. But I mean, um, well, I mean, this this was cute. Uh, didn't didn't blow me away, but it, it was cute. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This, this is cute. Yeah. Uh, so next we have school board meeting, which is a, uh, a middle school board uh, discussing their COVID policy. And as most uh, community meetings go in the age of COVID, it goes off the rails very quickly. Yeah, apparently when you open the doors to everybody in the community, you get everybody in the community. And um, yeah. 
some of those people in the community are a bit uh, insane. <laughs> there it is. Okay, there it is. Yeah, so this was another just kind of rapid fire sketch. Uh, everybody coming in playing a different type of loony. We have Cecily as a uh, vaccine conspiracy theorist. Uh, we had uh, Punky Johnson and Chris Red as a mother and son who've taken a bootleg vaccine, uh, hey. Mike's hard vaccine. <laughs> I-, I chuckled at that. Uh, Heidi is a woman who's upset about critical race theory, even though she's not really certain what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey Day is a guy who's taken the uh, uh, the the horse medication, and he's like, "Oh, that's no side effects." And then they cut to his bearded son. Uh, was that Mikey's real son? It might have been. I got to look into that. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I don't, know. I don't know his son's face well enough to recognize him with a fake beard. So yeah, it's like, oh, they gonna let this, his son stay up this late? <laughs> well, you know, tip of the hat to whoever that child actor was. <laughs> All right. Uh, Owen Wilson played an earth science teacher who thought instead of separating students, uh, he was supposed to segregate his students. Uh, yes. So he he's had all his students segregated for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's, he, comes, he comes back later on and he says, "Do I have to get rid of this? Because the student the students seem to kind of like it. They kind of prefer it. Yeah." Wow. <laughs> Which uh, that that was probably the the moment of the sketch for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, they're cool with it. It's like, <laughs> it's like no, you can't do that. Just, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I dug that. Uh, we have eighty coming on as a woman who is concerned about the teens hanging out in the parking lot near her house, who go and rape and anal in the parking they lot. They vape and anal each other. Did you say vape? I swore. I I, I wrote both because I couldn't make. Make out what she said. I heard vape. Um, <laughs> but, All right. <laughs> but, oh, you know, uh, I I don't want to rewatch it just to confirm if she said vape <laughs> <Yeah>. or not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we also have uh, Pete Davidson coming out as Dog the Bounty Hunter out of nowhere. Yeah. I, a very random uh, touch at the end. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, we also had uh, Bowen as a guy who insists on saying Barack Hussein Obama and uh, Andrew and Kyle as students who just want oh, to games in class. It's like, why can't we game? Or whatever yeah. you said. Um, I thought that was fun. Yeah, so uh, this is okay. Yeah, this was, a, it's, you know, it's just more of a showcase for all the uh, characters yeah. and all these people can do. It, it, it like reminds me a little of the Peloton sketches and that, you know, it's just a bunch of people coming on and they have a weird thing that they do and then we have uh, Ego and Alex as basically the straight men of the sketch just saying like, oh, that was a weird thing. Oh, no, yeah. we're not going to do that insane thing you just suggested. Yeah, I think they got all the cast members in this one sketch too. It, like, it seems like everybody was on the, on the camera at least once. If not everybody, it was close to. Yeah, it was pretty, and including uh, J James James Austin Johnson. What had like a yeah, thing too. Yeah. comes on real quick. Uh, Keenan came on real quick uh, as like the creepy guy. Yes, yes. So, uh, but yeah, overall, I thought this is an all right sketch. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. So you know, so far it's okay. It's nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing like wowing me, but it's it's all yeah. Right. It's not a show for the ages, but it's but it's nothing horrifying either. So that's that's always nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice with the late night comedy show. It doesn't horrify me. SNL, nothing horrifying. <laughs> right. Um, so next we have our musical guest for the weeks, uh, Casey Musgraves. Uh, she, of course, played two numbers. She her first number is Justified. 
and her second number was Camera Roll. Um, I I really liked her. I wasn't familiar with her before, but she's got a cool mellow vibe, kind of countryish, kind of jangly. Uh, just seems like a really good match for Owen Wilson. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like you said, like kind of country folk, but there's a good amount of pop music in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was all right. You know, very mellow. It seems like her first performance, I think it was, where she performed. She was supposed to sort of be emulating uh, Jenny from Forrest Gump, where she played back when Jenny played like naked behind the guitar in that one scene. I didn't to... get that. I, I mean, was that's she what naked I behind a guitar because I feel like I would have noticed that. No, I, I please same, but like I think she was wearing like a flesh colored outfit. And I think that was supposed to be a nod to that, which I huh. did not. I didn't catch that, but like apparently, I, I didn't get that at all. But okay. And uh, but yeah, her second performance, camera wall, I thought was nice too because it had it started off with like a Polaroid picture held, being held up to the uh, to the camera, and then it kind of mm-hmm. went to this little sort of performance art thing where she's at a table and there's pictures of her and other people, and then it goes yeah. into her singing. I thought it was nice. It was, it was yeah, a- I really liked uh, the camera roll in particular. Um, it, it's a real affecting song. It's just kind of about like, you know, after a breakup, you're looking back at these cameras on your roll and, and you know, all the mixed emotions that they, they bring up in you, but you're not ready to delete them yet. I thought that was, it was a really pretty song. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I, I think I'm a Casey Musgraves fan now, man. Ooh, you're a Musgraves-aholic or a Musgraves... Uh, Nick Musgrave, Nick. I don't know what they are. Uh, a Musgrave digger. Uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. So yeah, that's that's cool. I wouldn't mind uh, checking out more of her stuff. Uh, yeah, she was she was cool. Yeah, that was, was nice and pleasant. Exactly, exactly. Um, next, we have a weekend update with uh, Colin Just and Michael Che. Yeah, I um, I thought this was the strongest part of the night. The, the weekend update. This is, uh, I think with this, uh, they are now like the longest running Weekend Update anchors. Ooh. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's something. Good. I mean, good on them. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're good at the job. They got good chemistry together. I mean, I mean, I mean, it'll suck to see them go, but like, I mean, if they want to stay another year, I'm not, I'm not too mad at it. You know, I honestly thinking I was thinking we were about due for a change, but yeah, I guess it's going to be another year, uh, uh, Joseph and Shea. Um, so that's, that's fine. I thought it got off to a slow start because, uh, Colin just, he just basically comes right out of the beginning and says like, Hey, it's tough to do jokes about infrastructure. So just pretend to be excited for the next joke. I was just like, okay, you're just straight up saying your opening jokes aren't very good. <laughs> Which, that, that is a choice for the season premiere. It's, it's like, Hey, we're trying, man. We tried. I don't know. Um, it gets better as the night goes on, we swear. I was like, you know, hey, maybe if your jokes aren't that strong, maybe bury them a little deeper into the, the newscast or don't do them. <laughs> yeah. We had a deadline, man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just thought that was weird. Um, we, had, we had Michael J. making some R. Kelly jokes. Uh, I, yeah, I have them written down because like, I thought yeah. these were just... Just spectacular. Uh, R. Kelly found guilty of sex trafficking, uh, but won't be sentenced until next May because his lawyer successfully negotiated one more school year. Yeah, yeah. Groans from from the audience. Which I'm sure is one of Michael Che's favorite reactions. He also said uh, there's a debate about whether R. Kelly's song should be removing 
removed from streaming services. And he says, streaming is basically what got him into trouble in the first place, which even, even uh, bigger, even bigger groans from the audience. And Michael Che just chuckles at it all. Yeah. I mean, he just, he just, you know, some men just love to see the world burn. And Michael (laughs) Che is one of those men. Indeed. Master Wayne. Uh, and then we had uh, Ego Nordum coming on as uh, talking about what we call missing white woman syndrome, where a uh, white woman uh, tragically disappears or is, is murdered or something. And then it's just you, you just hear about it on the media for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so she, she comes on as a, a black woman who's been missing for 10 years, which is that's a good way to do it, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this whole sort of syndrome, like, I, it, it kind of reminded me of, did you ever see uh, Patrice O'Neill's uh, uh, special, uh, mm-hmm. Elephant in the Room? Yeah, yeah. He made a joke about this exact same thing back when that special came out, where he's talking about how, you know, white women are just more valued in society, or in, in, in society's eyes. Yeah. A very controversial thing to say, but then he... He made he kind of talked about it saying, "Oh yeah, there was that one dude that killed that one woman in the Bahamas," and every, like people in the audience said, "Oh yeah, Natalie Holloway, I know Natalie Holloway." Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Yeah, but then he also killed another person in Peru. What's her name?" And no one knew it. And he was like, "Exactly, right." And so like the fact that we're kind of still talking about it now, even though people like Patrice knew it was a thing back then, kind of like was like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, and I mean, you look at that story, and it is, of course, horrible and and tragic and all that, but at the same time, you wonder, why is the news harping on this for literally weeks, and why is it just this one? Yeah, I mean, this sort of thing must happen all the time. So, yeah, and Ego's character is just not making fun of the situation, but she's, she's pointing out the big double standard there. Right, because I mean, you know, people when when a color go missing all the time. There was that movie uh, Wind River that had Jeremy Renner and um, mm-hmm. uh, Brie Larson Elizabeth in about Olsen. how Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, I'm sorry, not, it's the other Marvel actor, but yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's about how yeah Native American women go missing up in like Wyoming or whatever all the time, and no one really, you know, no one, no one does it's, really. It's not as big of a thing, and it's not a big of a thing, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and and Ego is talking about how for the the white woman. Uh, you know, she's got this nice flattering photo, you know, my photo, <laughs> I look like a wreck. She's got a reward out for $10,000. That's a car payment. Uh, <laughs> my reward's a $15 gift card for Chili's 2. You got to go to the airport for that. Right. And she says they only put her alert on Cricket Wireless. I mean, there there were some nice lines in there. And I, I liked how they had a newspaper headline that says, White Virginal Timepiece. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. Like, uh, part of me think, did Alex English write that? Like, dime piece? That doesn't sound like... Sounds like a black dude wrote that. You think but, it, You think a brother wrote that? <laughs> I think a brother wrote that right there. <laughs> <laughs> know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, so uh, a solid weekend update piece, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ego continues to kill it. Like, I keep... I've told... I've said, you know, a bunch of times on this podcast, she's like the future. She's... She's like the the one that'll take this show into the next the uh, you know next millennium or whatever. But yeah, she wow. She, yeah, I said it. She yeah, really long lived. Yeah, I don't know how many years are in a millennium. So okay. I, apparently not. No, is it um, but hey, three? Um, right. Uh, kudos to Ego for living another thousand years. 
Yeah. You know, once we have the technology to cryogenically freeze her and unfreeze her, she'll take us into the new uh, millennium. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, let's see. We also had uh, Pete Davidson come on in a, in a Norm MacDonald uh, t-shirt, which was nice to see. Mm. And Very he nice. talked about the Met Gala, which he attended this year, which I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to sound like and that. You sound so excited to talk about the Met Gala. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mean to sound like oh, you know, rich people and fancy schmancy, uh, you know, cotillions. But yeah, yeah, he was there. Yeah, I didn't realize because I it, it took me like a day or so, but I was just like, okay, I, I'm muting the words Met Gala on Twitter because <laughs> I don't care about this at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a nice spectacle to see how the how the elite live and party and whatnot, but mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I'm I don't I'm like eh, it didn't really affect my life. So yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm a blue collar working man, John. That's what I'm trying. Yeah, to Yeah, you're a man of the people. You're, yeah, you're, you're a blue collar hero. You're like Bruce yeah. Springsteen. I'm a Bruce Springsteen song. Ba- yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just playing my acoustic guitar at the by, by the old factory down by the plant. Yeah. With Darren is wearing thing. a jean vest right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's got, he's got a trucker hat tucked into the back pocket of his right. jeans. That's how American he is. America. Um, Badlands. So this was Pete Davidson just kind of dunking on himself a little bit uh, for his outfit at the Met Gala. And then he just kind of segues into stand-up material talking about how homophobic the 80s were. Yeah, because at the Met Gala, he had, like, I guess, painted nails and he wore a dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he cracked on himself saying, like, oh, yeah. And he had uh, sunglasses on, too, like the round sunglasses. Saying, "Oh yeah, I looked like uh, one of the th- if one of the three blind mice sold fentanyl." Yeah, <laughs> and um, he, he yeah, also said uh, I looked like James Bond as as Cotillion. Right. Uh, yeah, and so that 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 segued into his, you know, his uncle telling him, you know, whatever, however you dress, whatever, I still love you, but you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put the toilet seat down for you when you come over. <laughs> so yeah. like, and that went into a thing about you know. How in the you know he grew up how his uncle grew up in the eighties with long girl curly hair and you know tight short shorts and how somehow the eighties were both the gayest and most homophobic era of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, some decent lines in this. I I could have done without it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Like you know, he talked but, about you know, how- hey, it gave Pete something to do on the show, so that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> he even said at the end of this, "I can't believe I'm back." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how long Pete lasts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, overall, that's it okay. It, it wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't do yeah. That. And they did a really nice gesture at the end where they just talked about uh, what Norm McDonald meant to them, and they ended the weekend update with some of Norm's old uh, weekend update jokes. They showed actual clips of Norm McDonald's time on Weekend Update. Right. They showed a clip of uh, him talking about how. Uh, Bill Clinton came out against same-sex marriage, and how Bill Clinton said he's not crazy about opposite-sex marriage either. Yeah, and and of course we got an OJ joke in there, or you know, uh, uh, Johnny Cochran puts on the knit cap <laughs> that hmm. OJ allegedly wore during the the murders, and and OJ says, "Hey, be careful! That's my lucky stabbing hat." Ah, stabbing hat. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was that was nice, right? Not bad, not bad. Um, next up, we got the funeral sketch. Funeral song, yes. Uh, this was uh, the memorializing, uh, well, 
Heidi plays her in photographs. <laughs> They're memorializing her, their grandmother, Miriam Lewis. And uh, they have Keenan come out as a singer, LeVar B. Burton, who sings her all-time favorite song, I Believe I Can Fly. Yeah. Which, which leads to a debate about whether we should be playing an R. Kelly song at her, at her funeral. Yeah. I mean, I thought that's actually kind of a good premise for a sketch where... You know, after, you know, it was found out R. Kelly did all these horrible things, like, can you play his genuinely lovely music mm-hmm. in, like, you know, public events anymore? Like, is it is it all tainted or, or not? Like, <laughs> tainted. Uh, um, oh, oh, John. And, oh, John. And, and, you know, we had the people debating if, uh, you know, well, did she even know about this aspect and then they start playing a montage of her with all these problematic celebrities like louis ck trump kevin spacey bill cosby yeah uh <laughs> three of the, and yeah go three ahead. of those people what was it what did say you go ahead no i was just gonna mention how three of the people in the in the names you mentioned have have hosted snl multiple times uh spacey and oh yeah yeah donald trump has hosted twice hasn't he i i yeah. blocked those out of my memory and, and CK, too. Yeah. No, I I mean, CK, of course. CK was, uh, he hosted four times. He was just on the verge of becoming a five-timer. Um, <laughs> verge. And, and he was a really good host. I'll, I'll say it. Um, don't think he's going to host again. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I... Mm. But, yeah, he was, a, he was a good host. I really liked him. Um, and, and I liked when they got to the picture of Bill Cosby. They were like, okay, that's way too recent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I thought this was all right. I thought it was a really weird choice to have Keenan have like just a silly name where he's explaining that he's LeVar B. Burton and the B is very important for legal reasons. I didn't, I didn't think that was necessary. I thought it was just a weird distraction from the main theme of the sketch. Yeah. This one kind of, kind of meandered a little bit for me. It was just kind of going from it seemed like a bunch of different ideas kind of smashed together but no really uh, yeah i I don't know i didn't know what it was trying to say basically yeah i i thought yeah i thought it was just like oh if we're gonna bring keenan on he has to have like this weird character hook even though it has nothing to do with the rest of the sketch and i i thought that was just a weird distraction so Yeah, yeah yeah that's true um i wish his character was less developed is what i'm saying wow wow Wow. Wow, sir. Wow. Uh, but Look, yeah, he's this... been on the show for a long time. You got to let, let him play a thankless part once in a while. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be all about Keenan. Uh, fair enough. Where's, where's um, the lie? Uh, okay. Yeah. So next we have NFL on Fox. And again, it's, it's the James Austin Johnson renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's basically a twofer with him and Owen Wilson uh, yeah. as, as sportscasters during a football game, and they're describing Fox's new show, Crazy House. Yeah, they're doing. I mean, I think this would hit more if you're somebody who watches, you know, football football games mm-hmm. on Fox. If you're into the football yes. fo- footballings, yes. Because I mean, a few times. I mean, we're not big sports dudes, but a few times I do watch, you know, football on on a on TV. I do know that they do that little thing at the during a yeah with the, with the little animated thing popping up at the bottom of the screen and they're and they're just kind of getting the plug for the new show in during the slow moments of the game right and uh yeah i mean it's kind of 
I mean, it just kind of hits on that over and over again. Doesn't really escalate or really go anywhere. Like, well, it uh, had I, Owen's character kind of um, just kind of trying to figure out what the premise of the show was and sort of questioning the premise of this sitcom crazy house. And he's like, oh, so there's a Muppet in there too? And wait, they're fighting for social justice? And oh, it's a house owned by a guy named Crazy? So he's just kind of gradually figuring it out as they go. Uh, it, it was it was cute. Not much else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. St- yeah, Stacey Abrams is in it at one point. I think at one point, Heidi, who plays a reporter, is saying, "Oh, Stacey Abrams there with a the Muppet." What's it's like the basically the whole like uh, the whole NFL thing kind of becomes more intrigued about this show, Crazy House, this fictional show, right? But it doesn't. I don't know. It, it, it felt and like it was I, and I'm honestly, I'm I'm so not uh, a football guy. I'm assuming that. Um, James and Owen, they were playing real sports casters, but I'm not positive on that. I know Heidi was playing a real person. She was playing Aaron Andrews. Yes. Who, who I've heard of. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I do believe that. I'll look it up. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they were playing real life. Uh, yeah, I'm like 90% folks. sure because it, it seemed like uh, James Austin Johnson was doing an impression. And, you know, that seems to be his main uh, thing is like he's an impressionist uh, guy. He's like the new Daryl Hammond, I guess. Yeah. All right. So he was playing Joe Buck, and um, Owen was Troy Aikman. Oh, okay. Well, I've heard of both of them, so I guess I just didn't catch their names in the sketch. Right. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, it, it was at the bottom of the sketch, but they never say their names, so you had to uh-huh. you had to really be paying attention. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, the sketch I thought was okay. Um, nothing really. Nothing really. You know. Nothing really right home about. Okay is kind of a, a recurring theme in this. It is, <laughs> isn't it? We we're we're very lukewarm. I I feel like you know we're very Luke yeah. Wilson warm on this show, mm. on this episode. Wow, wow, you know. Wow. Is, but you know, I, maybe that's the, that's the vibe they were doing. You know, maybe yeah, they were yeah. just doing a laid back Owen Wilson thing. Like, hey, it's a season premiere, but we don't have to go all out. Yeah, you man. Know, we, don't, we don't have to bring our A game. A a a, a B minus game is is totally okay. B is passing, man. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a passing absolutely. grade. Nobody's going to question you earning a B minus. That doesn't raise any concern. So, uh, uh, last sketch wow. of the evening. Uh, uh, we have- mailing mailing testing service. Yes, uh, this was a. Uh, they're shooting a commercial. This is a uh, new cast member Sarah Sherman with a- newish cast member Andrew Dismukes. They're playing a uh, a married couple who are doctors, uh, and they're they're doing mail in stool testing. Right. Uh, this was an interesting sketch too because it's basically Owen Wilson and just all the newer cast members. It's uh, like you mm-hmm. said, Sarah, who's brand new, right out the box. Um, Aristotle, who is who's a handsome man, I'm gonna say right now, he's he is very chiseled features, uh, you know, right? Square jaw, yeah, very classically handsome dude. My man is uh, my man. He's playing like the clapper guy, a very thankless role. What you expect, like the brand new cast members to be playing, exactly. And uh, Andrew Dismukes, who is new-ish, mm-hmm. and uh, and Owen Wilson, the host. I was like, oh, this this one, I I, I felt like had a different energy just because it was like the new cast members. And then like, I was like, Oh, we'll get to see what they can bring to this, what they're all. Yeah. About. This was, I mean, the, you know, we're, we're in 10 to one land now, so it's time to bring out the weird stuff. And this, this definitely lived up to that, the reputation of, you know, the, the sketches you do at the end of the night where they talk about how you mail in your stool for us to test it for diseases, but we're not going to play with it. 
we're not we're just going to take it out test it for diseases then that thing's going right in the trash uh <laughs> they just they're just assuring everyone that they're not going to do weird stuff with our stool so much that you start questioning are they going to do weird stuff with my stool <laughs> right so then yeah so then owen talks to them is like hey yeah maybe no don't say don't hit it so hard that you're not definitely not going to do stuff with the stool and then they do oh, another right, take. Right. Okay. And then they do it like, well, maybe we will. You just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, the whole sketch is basically about that, how they may or may not play with your stool. Yeah. Um, um, I, I actually liked this sketch quite a bit. I really liked it. I thought it, was, I thought it was funny. I thought they played their characters well. I like that they're, you know, they're playing them with like these New York accents for no right, real reason, right. just for character work. Um, it really felt like it was a kind of a declaration, like, you know, move over Kyle Mooney, like 10 to one is now Sarah Squirm's spot on the show. I'm going to do the weird stuff at the end of the show now. It seems like it. She's, she's thrown down the gauntlet. Yeah. And I, I also liked seeing um, uh, Sarah do like a little high five with Andrew and Aristotle at the end of the sketches they were fading out. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. So uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was I, a neat touch, you know, cause it, that that has to be very meaningful to be in your first big sketch in your first SNL. And, you know, I'm just sorry that Aristotle didn't get more to do on the aired show. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure it's the first episode. Like I'm sure maybe as, you know, as the episodes go on, he'll have more to do. Maybe yeah. uh, James Austin Johnson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, said that right. Uh, Jimmy Johns yes. will like, maybe won't be in an, as much in maybe the, next episode or two and maybe aristotle will get some more screen time or maybe sarah will get more screen time yeah, I, i'm hoping they'll feel for aristotle i mean i feel like i got a feel for both sarah and especially james yeah um, oh yes absolutely like so he's... yeah so i just i just want to see what aristotle's about you know yeah no absolutely i totally agree uh but yeah i, I dug this sketch That's it. this might be my favorite sketch of the night this might be it mm -hmm. And uh, uh, after that, but before the good nights, we had a uh, quick title card, uh, just noting the passing of Herbert Schlosser, who uh, it's probably a name you don't know, but he was president of NBC from 1974 to 78. And he was the guy who basically suggested the creation of Saturday Night Live. He had a February 1975 memo that proposed a new variety show to replace weekend reruns of Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. Uh, his memo suggested the show be called Saturday Night, that it should air at 11.30, and that, if possible, the show should be done live. They should seek to get different hosts. It would be a variety show, he wrote, but it would have mm. certain characteristics. It should be young and bright. It should have a distinctive look, a distinctive set, and a distinctive sound. We should attempt to use the show to develop new television personalities. He also said the show should be filmed in Studio 8H at 30 Rockefeller Plaza. So Interesting. Yeah. So he, he was the guy who worked with Dick Ebersol and they recruited Lorne Michaels to create SNL. But, I mean, that's... So he's pretty seminal in the creation of Saturday Night Live, just suggesting the basic format of the show. Yeah. I mean, he, he planted the seed, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he passed away uh, in, back in August. Uh, at age 95 oh my goodness that's Ooh, a good long life that's a, so um yeah so th that's very nice that they remembered him and his role in the show right so uh yeah r.i.p herbert schlosser yes and uh yeah that's the episode then we have uh the all the cast members come out uh 
giving their goodbyes. We see mm-hmm. uh, Colin Jost holding up a cue card saying, we'll miss you, Ken. Yes. Which uh, I didn't know what that was about at the time, but um, did a little research. Apparently, that's a nod to Ken A. Ken Among, who was a um, supervising producer at SNL, who's who's been there since uh, the '80s, since like '87, and he uh, he's recent, yeah, and he uh, recently retired. So yeah, you know, we'll miss you, Ken. Was a little nod to Mr. Ken Among. Yeah, yeah, he started as an associate producer and and worked his way up the ranks. Uh, it says his work at SNL. I'm reading this from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, his work at SNL includes not only the weekly shows, but all also pretty much all the holiday anniversary cast member and election specials throughout the years. And he also helped supervise two of 30 rocks live shows in 2010 and 2012. So that's amazing. It's really amazing. Like how long tenured some of the crew members are on SNL, you know? Yeah. It's like a Supreme court. Like I said, you're you're in, you're in. They hang on to people forever. And, you know, we we should also just give a shout out to our friend, uh, Wally Ferrisine wonderfully lettered cue card that Colin was holding up. Yes. Shout out to Wally. Well done, sir. Typically love you, Wally. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we, I, I also noticed that uh, 80 was wearing an IATSE shirt too, which I guess that was really her. nice. Yeah. She's showing her support for the crews that are still discussing a strike, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know tons of people that are in that, uh, that group, the IATSE. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some are even in the uh, non-productive family that people we know. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's getting tense. It's like you know, just because all these streaming services are making all these shows and making all this money, but the people that actually do the grunt work and help them create this thing that's making them all this money, they're not really seeing any much of that money. So yeah, it's, no, it's I mean, it, and the excuse the studios use is like, oh, this is such a new media, we haven't figured it out, and it's like. Well, you- Look, streaming's been around for a while. Figure it the F out <laughs> yeah. and like give them their due. So right. it was it was really nice to see eighty uh, showing support for them. And I understand if they do go on strike, that may uh, mean that they can't put on SNL. So oh. yeah, we'll have to watch this story closely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we if we get the Kim Kardashian episode, but we don't get the Jason Sudeikis episode. I that would be. An indicator that we are in the worst timeline. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to feel a certain kind of way. I mean that that and you know every literally everything else that's going on in the world. Um, <laughs> uh, there's also a cut for time sketch that went up on the SNL uh, YouTube page. Uh, this is called "Splitting the Check." Did you watch this one? Yes, I did. Let's talk about it. This was uh, Owen Wilson out to dinner with a bunch of folks, um, and the, the the check comes and. He's like, well, should we split it six ways? And uh, Cecily's just like, um, I think some people had more than some other people. So maybe we should just go through and, you know, everybody says what they got. And over the course of this, we find out that Owen ordered a lot of food. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I think he at one point he said he ordered like a dozen eggs still in the carton. And yeah, he, was like, he was like, oh, that's just that's just that's just grocery shopping. And I don't expect you guys to pay for that. <laughs> um, I also liked when he was, they were like, Oh, the, there was the 94 ounce porterhouse steak. And he's like, I don't think that was me. And, and Cecily's like, there's literally a photograph of you eating it on the wall. Yikes. Um, and I, I was really liking this one. And then it took this really weird turn 
Yeah, uh, basically, uh, the people uh, he, Owen's having dinner with get fed up with him, and they're saying, "Enough of this." We, I think, we've been more than patient. We've agreed to give you all this food if you give us the map to show us the the riches and yeah, like the, it, the location of the Holy Grail. Yeah, and, exactly. And there are also Nazis after it, and the waiter that Aristotle is playing, he turns out to be with the bad guys, and he he shoots Owen's character, who's revealed as Doctor Indianapolis Bones. Uh, which is a new streaming service on Amazon Prime. And then he, he gets shot and falls down. And then Cicely's like, wait, you killed him in the first episode? Yeah. Amazon Prime. We're still figuring it out. Yeah. Um, I I was really liking this one, but I just thought the ending was just way too random. I, it was just this totally random tacked on ending. And I was just like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. They really I, mean, I still, funny. yeah, I still enjoyed it though. I still liked, it. I see what you mean, but like, uh, yeah, the fact that it takes that turn and just just goes totally into, you know, the bizarre town. I, yeah, I, I didn't mean, hate I, it as much. I liked. I mean, it was kind of random, but it was like random based in like human behavior because I think everybody's had a night where it's like awkward splitting the check, and there's one person who's eaten a lot more than anybody else, and he doesn't want to like pay his fair share, and it's not right to expect everybody else to put in equally when they didn't eat much and i wish that the sketch had ended with something else based in like human behavior instead of like just the totally random indiana jones thing you know look john i told you i'd get you the money for that dinner all right it's gonna i don't know why look it's the principle of the thing darren okay can we can we talk about this when the mics are off please (sighs) fine 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 thank you I'm just but, uh, saying that, you know, if somebody gets the three, you know, the, the third uh, pound burger at Fuddruckers, you know, you shouldn't have to pay the, the, the same as the person who gets the half pound burger at Fuddruckers. The jalapeno pep- poppers were for everybody, man. All right. I got okay. it for the whole table. Right. Fine. Fine. You had one. Fine. Fine. All right. Good. Fine. So this uh, comfort time sketch, uh, it's called yeah. splitting, splitting the check. And uh, I actually, yeah, I actually enjoyed it. I kind of wish they put this in instead of the I, I would have liked this uh, being in the show, despite my misgivings about the ending. Because, you know, one, I thought it was a good showcase for Owen Wilson and his personality. And like I said before, I thought he was a little underused in in the uh, in the show. I I feel like he needed, like, some nice showcase sketches. He was He was good in everything they had him do. I just, I just wanted a little more Wilson. I think. Yeah, he was mostly like the straight man. Yeah, in like a lot of these, so he didn't have a chance to like really kind of stretch and show his uh, I mean, comedic chops. Something I was really surprised at is, you know, Melissa Villasenor does a killer Owen Wilson impression, and she's done it on the show before. So I'm really surprised they didn't work up something where she gets to imitate Owen Wilson. Yeah, uh, I don't know. The more things are, a lot of things are staying the same apparently with Melissa and this and the show. Yeah, I, I, uh, sadly, yeah. Uh, still a little underused. Um, yeah, I mean, they could have done like you know, maybe he's not on the level of like a Jim Carrey or an Adam Sandler where they did those family reunion sketches where everybody's doing an Owen Wilson impression. Maybe he hasn't played enough distinctive characters for that to be feasible. But they could have definitely done something with her as like the long lost Wilson brother or her playing Owen and Owen playing somebody else and you get to see him react in the sketch. Yeah. Uh, that just or like, would have been fun. It just seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah, that's a bummer. I don't know why they didn't do that. But uh, 
They did not, but uh, we we got the funeral sketch instead. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I mean, uh, overall, I feel like this was a decent season period. It didn't blow me away, but but it was fine. It passed the time agreeably. Yeah, uh, I thought it was decent. I thought weekend update up, update was a. Uh, was super was very strong uh-huh. um i like the final sketch a 10 to 1 with the with the stools because you know poop poop is funny yeah um, I think might have been my favorite um yeah i'm with you yeah uh but yeah like for the most part everything else was just so so um it's uh it seems okay but yeah. but uh, i mean but i do think i did see like kind of like flashes here and there of what could be like exciting stuff like yeah, um, yeah. like whenever I mean, uh, JJ came really on the screen, I like that the two of the new cast members had strong showings in their first episode, so we got a feel for them. Uh, I think that's really good, and I think that's a great habit for SNL to get into. You know, no, absolutely. I think like the the moments where we saw like like I said, the new cast members, um, that that sort of sort of brought a little bit more energy and like a new sort of life into the sketch where mm-hmm. I was like oh a new guy i haven't seen what he can do let's see this and of course the final sketch was all new people so i was like yeah. oh okay this is like a new thing this is exciting this yeah. that's uh I, I i see what the show could be and what they're trying to sort of go into and i just hope they don't sort of fall back into the tried and true uh sketches and what and their old way of doing things while they do mm-hmm. work like i feel like i'll you know i feel like the wear and tear is starting to show when people want to see new Evolve stuff. or die, SNL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you notice that we didn't see uh, Kate McKinnon at all during the show? We did not. I heard, I think she's in Australia shooting that Tiger King uh, movie, isn't she? Oh, really? Okay. Hmm, I believe so. I, so I believe maybe we'll she's... be missing her for a few weeks. Maybe. I believe she's in Australia shooting the Tiger King thing, but I'm, I don't hold me to that. And you know, honestly, um, I love Kate McKinnon. I think I still think she's one of the strongest people, if not the strongest person on the show. I don't think I really missed her for this episode. I thought they they carried on quite well without her. It wasn't until later I read like, oh yeah, Kate McKinnon wasn't there. I was like, oh yeah, she wasn't, was she? So she was she was not. But uh, you know, she'll she'll be back soon. So mm-hmm. yay. Um. So and, uh, next week we have. Uh, Kim Kardashian well, about- yeah, and Halsey. Um, mm. Am I a bad person for like kind of hoping that Kim Kardashian West sprains her ankle or something, and Halsey just has to step in and play everything? Ah, uh, does that I, make me a bad person? I, hmm. I mean, I, I'm not wishing like a permanent injury on her. Just, just like a sprained ankle or something, so she can't do the show. Dude, this sounds like some uh, Jeff Galuli shit. Are you? What are you saying? <laughs> well, what's Galuli doing these days? He probably needs a gig, right? Right. Uh, reach out to him, Venmo. It's probably it's probably tough for that guy to get a job. I would imagine. Galuli, I got a job for you. <laughs> Who would hire Jeff Galuli, and what would you hire him to do? I want to Google that dude now. <laughs> watch, watch me find out he's on Cameo or something. <laughs> That would be hilarious. Uh, uh, oh, but yeah, I mean, as far as this uh, next week's episode, it's look. I'm looking forward to Halsey. Yeah, uh, but we don't we don't have high hopes overall because yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, could, history has not led us to believe that Kim Kardashian West has great sketch comedy chops. Yeah, 
like, I mean, could she surprise us all and be charming and, you know, uh, she, she can like, you know, you know, riff off the cuff. Yes, that could happen. Do I think it's it likely is, to happen? You know, no. Mm. But, I, you know, this is this is the thing we have to get through to eventually get to the Jason Sudeikis episode. Right. We got to we got to eat our vegetables before we can have uh, sweet, sweet uh, ice cream desserts. Right. Right. You can't have figgy pudding unless we eat our meat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stand exactly. still, lady! <laughs> and, uh, oh, you know what? We should read our... What's up? Yeah, I was about to say, we got we got a few tweets uh, from our SNL Nerds show uh, people. Um, uh, I, can, I can start. Go for it. Okay, we, uh, my old culture mate, uh, Scott Hume, uh, at MNS Hume, uh, says, good start to the season. Cars 4 and the school board sketch were probably the highlights for me, although I thought they could have done more with the school board and COVID stuff. Uh, weekend update was also good as usual. I was glad they did the tribute to Norm during update. Uh, yeah, that was nice to see. Uh, he also says, also, I was not impressed with the new guy's Biden. I thought he was supposed to be Bill Clinton when he first walked out, and I didn't think he sounded anything like Biden. Hopefully he gets better at it in the coming weeks. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I liked the Biden more than Scott did, apparently. But uh, yeah, I thought it was yeah. a pretty solid impression. I just feel like they don't have a good take on him yet. Yeah, it's hard to do a good Biden. Like, if you look at other people's Biden impression, like outside of SNL, mm-hmm. they, it seems like no one really has a good take on Biden. He's No one's cracked that code yet. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like uh, Dana Carvey cracked the code. He, he's appeared as Biden on... Uh, the late show with Stephen Colbert a couple times. And I, you know, he, he's, he's got Biden's rhythms down, you know, like, Hey guys, uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the other thing. And, uh, you know, wow. he's got that sort of breathiness that Biden has. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Biden sounds like Owen Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am not a Dana Carvey. So. <laughs> okay. I'm, right. I'm doing a mediocre impression of Dana Carvey's much better impression, but. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh yeah so next up uh, we got our good friend bill brasky bill brasky her uh he was saying it was nice to see two extremely confident debuts from featured players which it feels like hasn't happened in a while perhaps yeah. kate not being there and the absence of beck allowed them to be able to use the newer players more a promising sign of things to come yeah i agree uh bill uh, was also talking on twitter earlier this week uh he was he was saying that in like bill Hader and andy sandberg's first episode they basically did like an inter- introductory thing on weekend update and that was good because it it let us get a feel for them and their personas like right off the bat and i feel like i agree with bill that's a really good way to uh go about it so i, I was glad to see that yeah absolutely uh let's see our friend uh manette Marati, uh says uh Ego's weekend update piece was a great way to address what has been happening in the current events without making a, a soapbox speech or disrespecting the in real life victim that's been in the news. Um, you know, I liked that they never even mentioned the real person's name. Um, mm. I thought that was a smart move. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, that, that yeah, was smart. Yeah. Um, having the media slash outside people being the punchline really was the only way to go about it with tact. Uh, yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's it's yeah. The, that, that was well done. It was a, it was a tough needle to thread, but I I feel like they they walk that line very nicely. That's right. It's societies, man. It's society. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have our good friend Mike with two E's mm-hmm. saying a uh, solid uh, start. Wouldn't he be Mike E? 
Mikey. You know what? You're right. Mikey. I'm thinking it's a Mikey. Mikey uh, saying solid start to the season. Uh, J.A.J., John uh, Jacob Jingleheimer. Uh, no, uh, uh, I forget his name. James. Austin, I'm just going to let you dangle. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson was great, and Sarah did well in the poop sketch. Yeah. Standout sketches for me were Cars 4, Funeral, and enjoyed the ESPN commentators. Oh, I think it was Fox, though. Yeah, it was Fox on NFL, yeah. but that's uh, fine. The first sketch with the COVID testing bit seemed an, seemed an odd choice to lead off with as wasn't that strong. Weekend update, great too. Okay, yeah, so it seems like, uh, you know, most people were pretty satisfied with it. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess they, now I think about it, they probably put that... Um, the, the talking, the women's talk show, and a mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos thing because they were topical and they were like kind of just yeah. happened, even though they weren't yeah. that strong. Yeah, they were. They were just okay. I mean, I, I know yeah. I'm saying okay a lot in this episode, but that's that's kind of how I felt about it. I was like, yeah, you know, this is fine. Yeah, it's, these sketches they're not that good, but they just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so so up to the top they go. I was like, hey, I vaguely remember reading this news story from earlier this week. <laughs> Block one. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see what they do with Kim Kardashian West. I guess we're going to we're probably going to get some Kanye jokes. Um, I Yeah, I, I I'll, I'll put I bet the farm that we're going to get some Kanye jokes. Yeah, because they're they're divorced now. I don't I don't know why she's keeping the West because, you know, she's known as Kim Kardashian. She was known before she married Kanye West. Uh, Why keep maybe, the West? Uh, maybe she had like the checks made already with her name on. She already has changing. some monogram towels. Yeah, like you know, you got you can't take those back. I wonder, like Chris Red does a Kanye West, doesn't he? Uh, yes, he does. Ooh, that would be nice to see. That would be fun to see. And and Chris Red, uh, he was kind of light this week, so it'd be nice to see him get something to do. We were light on the red. Want to see more red? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully we'll be pleasantly surprised. If not, uh, hopefully we'll have fun uh, savagely mocking it. Yes. <laughs> Either way, we're going to have fun. Exactly. That That's our resolution for the new season. We're going to have fun. That's right. And uh, that's our episode, guys. Thanks again for mm-hmm. listening, as always. Uh, as always, you can follow us at SNL Nerds Show on the Twitter. Yes, Please, and and uh, please follow, even if you've followed us on the Twitter account before, check to make sure you followed it, because with our Twitter troubles earlier this year, we lost our follower count, so we're trying to build that back up. Right, first world Twitter troubles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also follow our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at Trumbull Comic. I'm at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And uh, we'll be next here next week with uh, Kim Kardashian West and Halsey. So, until then, Nerds out! This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.